0: So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And we're talking about what does He do? Who is He in our lives? How do we interact with Him? And my hope is this morning, I'm going to share some verses, but I'm also going to illustrate how the Holy Spirit works. I'm going to give an illustration, like you know, an analogy of how the Holy Spirit works, but I'm also just going to give testimony and, and hope. I'm hopeful that we'll have time where some of you can participate and share testimony of how has the Holy Spirit uh, led and guided you in your life. And, th- and the hope is you walk away understanding, oh, this is what it might look like for me to interact with the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Let me tell you just real quick. He's not going to give you the gift of tongues and you convulse on the floor like a fish. The gift of tongues has ceased manifest Himself through you being slain in the Spirit. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be something where you like slowly levitate because you're just so spiritual. Right? The Holy Spirit is not some strange mystical elusive you can't quite you gotta like have your tongue the right way got Him. It's not something where you catch the Holy Spirit or you only get so much of Him because you're so spiritual or anything like that. The Holy Spirit is a very simple person in your life that you can follow and be led by. And I hope to illustrate that and communicate that. Let's pray and then we'll look at a verse that will launch us into this study, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word that leads and guides us uh, by your spirit, that you teach us teach us how to have a relationship with you and God we need that help we need you to teach us and to to lead us and guide us into an understanding of how you lead and guide us and so God this morning would you just have your way with our minds and our hearts and help us to be soft and receptive God be glorified let your word be glorified this morning we ask in Jesus name Amen. amen all right so John 16 verse 13 this is kind of our launching point Jesus says, John 16, verse 13, He says, "Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. So, the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> you should understand this, is He who guides us into the truth and will of God. In other words, where will He lead you? You're going to be loved and guided by the Holy Spirit. Where is He going to lead you and guide you? Well, He's going to lead you and guide you into truth. He's going to lead you and guide you into the will of God. Huh? But when we are led by Him, by the Holy Spirit, we will find truth, we will find understanding, we will find knowledge and wisdom, we'll find who God is, but we'll also find peace, safety, comfort, blessing and and ultimately a closer walk with God. Okay. You needed to to hear that. If you follow the Holy Spirit, if you follow God, He's going to lead you to a certain place. Check this out. Here's your illustration. It's not a perfect illustration because the parents uh, in your life, we are not perfect illustrations of God the Father. We're not perfect illustrations... Um, we fall very, very, very far short of, um, of God and how he treats his children. But there are some similarities, and, and I hope you see this. So a parent, <clears throat> they set you up in life circumstantially. <clears throat> you follow their lead when they give you clear instructions. Why, but but more, I don't know, significantly here in this case is your life is mostly made up by your parents' life. Okay, so consider this. You go to school. Where do you go to school? Well, you didn't actually choose where you go to school. Maybe maybe you did, doubtful. Who chose where you go to school? Well, your parents, based on what? Based on where they bought their house, right? Now, maybe they did that intentionally, and they chose that school, so they chose the house in that district or whatever. But ultimately, they were not, when you were a kindergartner, they weren't like, hey, would you like to go to Blue Springs or would you like to go to um, Center? They didn't ask you that because you were five and you didn't even know what that meant. So they made that decision. And now your life is kind of determined based on their decision. Okay, so you get to that school and should you pay attention and get good grades? you personally should you pay attention and get good grades some of you have different answers from others and here's why because some of your parents said if you don't get good grades I'm gonna and you know because your parents have taught you and trained you and instilled that in you that you will get good grades but some of you maybe you're like me my parents wanted me to I knew the right answer was yes but it was kind of like a probably probably should I mean, that'd probably be a good idea. But after my grandpa stopped giving me $20 for getting A's on my report card, I was like, meh, whatever. School wasn't a priority. Some of you, maybe, your parents, have no idea what your grades are like. Right? So should you get good grades? Well, the answer is different for you based on the life and the situation you're in. How about what should you eat for lunch when you get to school? That's different for all of you. I used to eat two lunches in high school. My mom would make to pack me a lunch, I would eat half of it at the beginning of the day, and then I'd eat the other half about uh, before lunch, and then I would go to lunch and I would eat lunch. All right? I was just constantly eating in high school. Well maybe eat the school lunch, maybe you eat a packed lunch, maybe you pack your own lunch. It's different based on your home. What classes should you take? Some of you take AP classes and IB classes and advanced classes. Some of you don't even know what that is. Some of you are in all the regular traditional classes. All of this is influenced by who your parents are. What have your parents taught you? What do they say about it? What do they feel about it? How do they care about it? What life have they built for you to share in and be guided by. Do you understand how your circumstances guide you and you may not even know it? You may not even understand it. You don't even have to ask yourself those questions. What classes should I take? Because your parents already decided for you. should I you for lunch. It's already decided for you. Does that make sense? How about this? When you come home from school, should you do your chores and take care of the home? Some of you do. I did not. I grew up with one big brother And we we had responsibilities outside, like we would know the yard and things like that. It's not that I just sat and didn't do anything all the time, but there wasn't a real clear structure and, like, rhythm to the home. We just kind of, when Mom and Dad asked us to go do that thing, we'd probably go do that thing, and they'd probably ask us 15 times before we realized they were asking us to do something, you know. But some of you have rigid structures. Kylie, I know it is. She had a rigid routine. You know how I know that? I think she probably told me that, but she has a rigid routine in our home now, and our daughters have chores. I'm like, whoa, like, this is cool, like, there's a lot of, like, responsibility being developed here, okay? So some of you, you're responsible, some of you are not when you get home. Are you allowed to play video games 24-7? Some of you can play unlimited video games. Some of you have a limit on the video games. Some of you are allowed to play video games, right? It's all different based on your parents. Those decisions are kind of made for you. What time will you be home? Do you have a curfew? I remember my first curfew as a sophomore in high school. Ninth grade, I didn't need one because I wouldn't do anything. But tenth grade, when I began to, to be invited by friends to go out, there was a curfew. And I remember when that curfew kind of went away. Right? What is that dictated by? Is that your choice? Kind of, but not Really? Have your parents taught you? How involved are they? When you get a job, what job should you get? Parents influence that. What hours do you work? Parents influence that. Now you're beginning, if you're at the place where you're getting a job, you have some autonomy. Now you're kind of having to make decisions. Because they're probably not, probably not telling you you have to work <laughs> at Costco. And Maybe they'll tell you that. But it's likely that they say, hey, I think it's time to get a job. Or you say, hey, I'd like to get a job, may I? And they say, yeah. We'll make it work. What hours do you work? Well, can you work during school? No. Well, unless you have the work study thing. But why not? Because that's already determined for you. Should you build a testimony of doing what's right at work, or does that even matter? Does how you act at work matter? What have your parents taught you? How involved are they? What insights do they give you? Let's get the rubber on the road here. So the point of your departure unto real independence will be when you graduate high school and begin this journey of life on your own. So let's talk about that because this is really when I think you will see that the Holy Spirit is gonna—he's gonna say, "Hey, what do I have to say about this? What's the Word say about this ultimately? Hey, what are you, what are you gonna consider?" graduate, and you have to ask yourself, what do you do? Do you go to college? Do you start working? Do you take a year off? What do you do? Where should you go? Where should you study? A lot of that is determined by what your parents have taught you or how they feel about it. But here's what we should understand. Some decisions are made with the help and guidance of your parents, but some decisions are already made for you based on who your parents are. And such is the case for us as believers. If God the Father is your Father, then your interaction with the Holy Spirit is this. Some decisions are already made for you. Should you go be a cocaine dealer? No. no. How about this? Should you do drugs? No. Because of who your Father is. So, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you. But it's not a moment-by-moment interaction in some cases. Sometimes He's put you where you need to be to keep you away from things. Right? Or to put you in certain things. You're all, hey, I don't know if you do this, you're at church right now. That's either an accident, it's just a coincidence, well, I just happened to show up, or God has you here. But did you wake up this morning and say, God, I need you to tell me should I go to church? <laughs> did anybody do that this morning? I did I thought Tyus was raising his hand. <laughs> He's raising now. I was like, whoop, well, okay. <laughs> no, you didn't. Well, did the Holy Spirit get you here? I think he did. I think he allowed things to work themselves out in such a way that you are here and it's not on accident. It's to here and meet with the Lord. Does that make sense? Have interacted with the Holy Spirit just by being here, and if you will acknowledge that you are here on purpose, He might even lead you further. Does that makes sense. Coming to church is cool, but we all know that's not the, the goal here. It's to meet with the Lord. How about this? Let's make it practical, and then I'm going to tell you a story. <clears throat> because your father, if you're saved, is God. guide you so if I cheat on my homework God's my father God's not okay with that when I disobey being honest I grieve the Holy Spirit right I grieve the Holy Spirit when I sin against my father so he gives me grief right we use the word conviction often so when you do something wrong and you know it's wrong, you recognize that it's wrong, there's something that's set and set right. You know you're up. You know it's wrong. Well, who is that? It's the Holy Spirit. He's saying, hey, don't do that. Stop it. Or, when you do something you know you're supposed to. Maybe, maybe you make a hard decision. Like, I'm going to start tithing. Now that I have this job, I'm going to start giving my money. You know what you feel when you do that? Peace. Ah, yes. Following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you, it has to do with you being a child of God. So to start, you have to be born again. You guys awake? Did you wake up? Quit looking at me like lumps on the log. I didn't show up here to look at your sleepy faces. Come on. Lock in with me. You have to be born again if you want God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to lead and guide you in life. You have to belong to him, right? Otherwise, all the leading and guiding outside of you being in Christ, if you're not born again, all of his leading and guiding is unto salvation. All he wants to do is convict you of your sin. He wants to open your eyes to the, to the depravity of your soul, that you need a Savior because of your sin says, all have have fallen short of the glory of God. Meaning, you and I are separated from God. A relationship with Him. Him being your Father. You spending eternity with Him in Heaven. You get separated from that because of your sin. And you need to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ's blood. He died. He paid for your and my sin. So that you can know Him. You can be with Him. And He can be your Father, and He can call you Son. And at the moment that that happens, now He's not just leading you to salvation, is He? Now He's leading you to an abundant life, a life of purpose, a life of bringing Him glory, a life of fellowship, rich fellowship with Him. He's going to lead and guide you through that. So if you've not been born again, you need to be born again. That's important. That's critical for you being led by the Spirit of God. Let me give you an example. Okay, so I graduated high school. Right? Maybe you'll listen to my story. Maybe I'll just bore you to death. But check this out. I graduated high school in 2009 from Raytown Senior High School. Right? And I was left with the decision. What should I do? No one in my family went to college and graduated. I had a first cousin who did, but other than that, no one in my entire family went to college. So... I kind of wanted to, but I wanted to because I had desires to play sports. I wanted to swim, and I wanted to play water polo collegiately. And I got scholarships to do it. And so I took one up and said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go off to school. And I had desires. I had desires in that season of life of pursuing what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in the military. I wanted to join the Coast Guard. You may have heard this. I wanted to be a rescue swimmer, and I still kind of do. That desire didn't go anywhere. Brock asked me last night, if you could do anything besides be a teacher, what would you do? I said, easy, bro. I'm a rescue swimmer. Let's do this. Please, sign me up. But I also had other desires. I wanted to do, I wanted to write something you may not have known, I wanted to write poetry, and I wanted to write stories, and I wanted to write. I had this desire to be academic, but only with writing. I had a desire to do music. I was in bands in high school, like rock bands. I really loved music. I wanted to do that. Well, part of how I was raised was I got to provide for my family. So shortly after I meet Kylie and that then infuses it itself into this decision, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And I knew I needed to provide. I needed to work hard because mom and dad taught me that. They told me that you got to provide. I saw my parents lose jobs as I was growing up and they worked some of the worst jobs you can work. Grossest, nasty jobs that my dad would wake up before, before the buck. Butt- get up and he would go, he would work hard for our family. And I saw that and I knew that I needed to do that because that's who my dad was and that's who I should be. So I knew I had to make some money, okay? Well, I'm just kind of floundering. I don't know what I'm going to do. i failed classes in college. I'm still pursuing the college thing, but I'm thinking maybe trade school and then I'm making sandwiches and then I'm working on roofs and I'm just trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life, and somewhere along that process uh, I have desires but enters discipleship. Okay, where'd that come from? Where would Brian Bustos approaching me and saying hey, do you want to do discipleship with me? Or we just walk through what the Bible says about your life personally. Where would that come from? Coincidence? Accident? think so. So he comes into my life and he teaches me to trust God's word and trust God's ways to lead and guide my life. I didn't know where I was going. and He was like, well, let's just, let's just learn the Bible. Let's just follow God. And so what I learned was that military was not an option because I wasn't going to be able to grow. I was in a place of growth. I was growing in my relationship with God. And he said, well, military... Probably not the move. When he wasn't heavy-handedly saying, no, you can't go, otherwise you're whatever. He said, I don't see it. I don't think that should be the move. Music. Maybe I'll be a musician. No music, because no provision for a newly developing wife relationship and a conflict with ministry involvement. I was in a band after Kylie and I were married. We were called Honest Cowboy. That's laugh-worthy, for sure. Oh, well, it was something. So we were, I was in a band, and it was with a classmate. I was, taking, I was taking French. I don't know why I was taking French, but I was taking French, and in my French class, this kid named Jordan says, hey, you want to come over and jam with me at my house? That means to play music. I was like, for sure. He looked similar to me. I was like, okay, like, he's a grungy weirdo, so let's do this. So I go to his parents' house, and we're playing music, and... He's like, hey, uh, so our drummer just quit, and I was wondering if you would fill in for him, if you'd sub, we have a show. And I'm like, sure, like, that sounds great. So we're practicing, and I practice with the band, and I play the show with them, and then I begin to play more shows with them, and then we're opening for, like, some noteworthy named bands, and we're playing at colleges. It's like, it's a pretty exciting gig, and I'm having a lot of fun. We're playing in... uh, all kinds of venues and it's an exciting experience but at the same time that I'm doing that I'm beginning to get up with the worship ministry and I recognize that like these two things are different and then at some point the band after a practice they they all go out and they're smoking weed and it was the first time that I saw them do that and I'm like man all along I just knew in my heart like I don't know that this is my future like this is really fun but I don't think this is the path that's going to provide for my wife I don't think this is the path that like this specific band that's going to you know be the answer like I have this other worship band that has my heart and desire and like and then they're smoking. I'm like I think I gotta quit so I told the guys I, I was like hey it's not you it's me but I gotta go here, I'll have to find another drummer. I'm sorry. So I quit the band. Writing. I'm just not going to make any money writing anything. So that was it. I kind of went out the door. I knew from Scripture. I needed to provide for my family. Okay, so the decision. Here's the decision that was made. God wanted me to wait on Him. To trust Him. And to trust His ways. And simply walk with Him. And I learned that from discipleship. I learned that through someone just saying, here's what the Bible says. Here's how you read it. Just read it. Here's how you have a relationship with God. Here's how His Holy Spirit will interact with you. And I said, okay, great. I want to walk with God. So I pursued getting a job as a teacher. Okay. I knew I was beginning to have desires for missions. Well, where did those desires come from? Where did the praise band idea come from? Where did the provision for my family idea come from? Where did all that come from? Well, it came from my parents, kind of, but really I just began to... Let the Bible infiltrate my life and influence who I was. So now I have a desire for missions. And now I have a desire for people. And I have a desire for teams because I, would, I loved sports and I was coaching and I was substitute teaching and like all these things are coming together. I'm like, I should be a teacher and that'll make some money. Okay, so what happened? Well, I go to school, I'll finish school, get my teaching degree. I graduated college. That was exciting. I, whoa, didn't think I would do that. It took me an extra year. That's all right, I finished. And I start applying. And I applied to like 13, 14 school districts. And one of my earliest interviews, it's like my second or third interview, pretty quickly after I got the job. I remember I was working on uh, some siding. I was doing construction and I got the call. I was working with a guy named Kyle Ginther. And they offered me the job. And I'm like, Kyle, I just got offered the job. And that was me basically saying like, hey, I'm done working for this like, job. I hate doing this. I'm out. I'm going to go sit inside and not be sweating out here. right? So I keep the job. They offer me the job. Okay, well, it doesn't stop there. Then I find favor. And, and my principles, they, they are commending me and the students they gravitate to me after a few years like I feel like wow this is my home and this is I'm thriving and then and then I begin to see professions of faith. There's one year where ten or more kids made professions of faith where they're like, I need Jesus in my life. I'm just blown away, wow God, what are you doing to my life? How have you gotten me to this place? I learned to do ministry being a teacher. I found fruit there. So how did the Holy Spirit guide me in all of that? That was all either an accident, I did all of that, or the Holy Spirit led and guided me through all of it. Does that make sense? So, apply that to yourself. Either the things in your life will be coincidental, accidental, and that's not very likely, make things happen in your life, or you will let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you through things in life. Does that make sense? Okay, so here's where I found myself at age 19 or so. <clears throat> the context of this psalm is the same context that I was in. I was looking to the world for success, for happiness, for answers, for what will my life look like. And in Psalm 73, 22 to 28, it says, So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. He says, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holding me by my right hand. Don't you want God to just hold your hand through life? Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish, Thou hast destroyed all them that go a horn from me, but it is good for me. Hey, listen to this. It is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. So here's how we interact with the Holy Spirit for guidance. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Here's what you do. You want to be loved by God. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. Your key point is this. Following the Spirit's leading and guiding is about trusting God, not yourself. You'll be led by God. You'll be led by His Spirit. Trust Him and not yourself. I was fortunate to marry Kylie for many reasons, one of which is her family. Her parents were big influences in my life as I was turning into a man, and they would tell me things like, you should go to school, and you can do it, and you can be smart. They really empowered me and gave me a lot of confidence, because I was the kid who said, and maybe this is you, who said, school's not for me, I'm not smart, I'm not wired this way." I'm gonna go I'm gonna go own a roofing company. Like and I could have, and that would have been fine. But God had something different and he used her parents to influence me in my life, but one thing that they influenced in particular was doing things God's way. That's what Chris will say, do things God's way. we want, we want what God wants, not what we want. God has ways of going through life. He has ways of you managing your life. He has ways of you making decisions, ways of you behaving, ways of you going through this 75, 80 years that you have here on this earth. He has a way for you to do it that is different from your natural way of doing it. And one thing that I heard loud and clear from the Holy Spirit through those influences in my life was, hey, do God God's way. will be better for you. And then I would work with guys, especially in roofing, who would say, man, sure is nice to see you guys do it God's way because I did not. And doing it my way just sucks. These are guys who have children with multiple people these are guys who have struggled with addictions. These are guys who have been in trouble with the law, and it all was not because they were just evil people. It's not who they were, not that they were just evil, so they did things their way, not His way. They didn't trust in the Lord with all their heart. So, you want to get to the place where you can say, God, I want You to lead me. I don't want to lead myself. Because when you desire to be loved by God, this will provoke closeness with God. Okay, God, I want you to lead me so you're going to have to draw close to Him. And when you draw close to Him, when you are holding His hand, when you're saying, God, I acknowledge You in all my ways and I trust You. You just, you just take me from here. That closeness with Him will reveal purposes from God. That so your life has a purpose. Okay, so why are you here? Not here in this room. Why are you, why are you here on earth? Real question. Some of you know the answer. Some of you don't. Some of you are less certain about it. Why are you here? Why do you have a life? Why? I used to think when I was like ten that I was the only actual human and everyone else was robots. Anybody else think that? Probably. Thank you. See this is normal. Okay, good. Yeah, I would think like I would think like I'm the chosen one. You know, I watched too many movies. I watched The Matrix and all this action movie. Yeah. So why well, didn't watch Zelda but things like that. It was like it was like I just thought my purpose. I don't even know what it was. To survive maybe? To like rule all the robots? But I don't know, I was tripping. I was a ruler, but Why are you here? Okay, so if you're not on robots, if you are actually humans, then what's the point? What's the purpose? Okay. How about why should you go to school? Why? Why should you find a career? What should what should help make the decision of what career you choose? What should make that decision for you? Okay, why Why would you ever work at a job that's not going to make you maximum dollars? Why would you? Why would you take jobs that make you less money or, or are less flexible or are less... Like, why would you ever settle for anything? In school, in your career. Why should you get married? And what should lead that decision? And all the other ones. If you have an answer to these questions that, that resembles it's for God's glory alone, that's your answer to those questions. Why, why are you here? Well, it's for God's glory alone. I don't, may not know the details, but I know that I'm here, and it's for God's glory. Why should I go to school? Well, I know I should go to school because it's for my education and the rest of my life. But really, day to day, I'm at school for God's glory alone. That's my purpose. So how about your work? You choose a career, and you go to that job. For God's glory alone—that's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that leads and drives your decisions. Why should you get married? Well, because I'm lonely. No, 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 no! no. You missed it. For God's glory alone—that's the only reason. That's the—that is the main priority of your decisions. For God's glory alone. And if that is your answer, what will happen is the Holy Spirit will lead your life a little more simply. I'll give you another example. Last year, I was in a meeting. And you know what we were talking about in that meeting? It was a teacher meeting with all the other teachers. What do you think we were talking about? Your grades. That's a good guess. Good guess. Talking about students. You know what we are talking about? We were talking about getting different jobs. Because teaching kind of sucks right now. Okay, so my principal was like, well, we're actually talking about students getting jobs. But of course, we were all like, "Come on, just these kids are making way more mess. We need to find these jobs. We need to get these jobs." Okay, so one job that came up was you can work for the government, and you can have an English background. And I was like, mm. and it began to have a twinkle in my eye. I was like, "Ooh!" So I went to the website, and you know what I found? I could be an FBI agent. special agent, FBI agent, needed with an English education background. I thought, Holy Spirit, yes, Lord. Okay, so I thought about it. And I thought about it. And I don't know if I even got to praying about it, but I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Is that going to bring God maximum glory? Fine, go do that I know who, who will get some glory out of that this guy right here I would wear that badge bro, I'm telling, that's fine why I can't do it I would wear that badge you would all know what my badge number is I mean they probably would. they I mean and ultimately I would be all over the place I would be out of your life some of you be like maybe you should maybe you should go do that but some you know. Nah, no, you should stay here. Why? Because God has me here. And it's for His glory. Does that make sense? So in my mind, what well, that job sounds amazing. To carry a gun, just... I used to play army man a lot when I was a kid. I was going to be in the NFL, and then second, I was going to be an army man didn't quite make the cut for (laughs) either. But it it didn't happen. And and specifically last year, it didn't happen. It wasn't much of a decision because that's more about me than it is about God's glory. So Romans 8.28 says this. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Okay, so when you belong to God, when you've been born again, when you're a child of God, he is going to father you according to this verse in such a way that he teaches you and even brings benefit into your life. It will work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purposes. He's going to father you in such a way that you are benefited as a father that's, that is hardly even a glimpse of a shadow of the father that God is. I only want my children to be benefited, to be blessed. I only want to take care of them and He's an infinite better father than me. God loves you and He wants to take care of you. But there will also be hard times and tough situations in which when you go through them, the Holy Spirit wants to use those times to guide you into truth and to comfort you and to draw you a closer relationship with Him and His Word. And so therefore, because God says, hey, whatever happens in your life, you're going to make decisions, good ones and bad ones. Whatever happens, I'm going to use it and I want to benefit you. But the reality is, if you go the hard way or you go the easy way, the ultimate goal is that I draw you into My will. And His will is that you be conformed as His child, that you be conformed to the image of His Son. Does that make sense? Now here's the here's here's the, the thing with that. Conformed to the image of his son, Jesus was wonderful, right? How was Jesus at the end toward the end of his life? Was he just content on the deathbed, seeing all of his loved ones, having to come in and hug him and pray with him and he had nice worship music going on? No. Was that His situation? No. no. What was He? His he body was crucified. was crucified and His body was broken. His body was broken. And He broke His body for you and for me so that you don't have to be broken that way. But here this. If you choose to say, I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to go my way and I'm not going to trust on the Lord and I'm not going to let His Holy Spirit lead and guide my life, I'm going to do it and I'm going to carve the shots, you will find brokenness. Your choices are follow your ways, follow your emotions, follow your desires with no serious regard for God's will in your life. That's what I did. That's what probably all the leaders in here have done at some point or another. I know I did that. I said I want to swim. But who wants to swim? I'm like what? I wanted to swim. That was my thing. And you have your thing too. I want to swim. And I want I want to be I want to be just honored. And I want to break school records. I want to be looked at as the guy. I wanted that. And I had no real regard for what God wanted my life to be. And I found brokenness. Lost my job. Lost my girlfriend. Lost my car. lost I mean, dude, my life was as broken as, you know, little kid's life can be broken. Given that my parents were going to take care of me still. Given that, you know, like, it's not like I lost everything. But I lost enough that I found that brokenness. Oh, man, I don't want to do it this way. I want God to just take over. You'll be conformed to the image of the Son in brokenness. But you'll also be poor. You'll feel poor because you missed out. You don't have all that God wanted to give you. Man, I'm missing out on how God could move in and through my life. Or, here's the other option. Here's the option I would encourage you to take. You follow His ways. You follow His principles. You follow His Word. And the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you. You will be blessed. And you will be conformed to the image of the Son. You will be rich with how God moves in and through your life. If you just say, I want to do things God's ways, according to His Word. I want to learn His Word. I don't know His Word. I just want to learn it. I want to take it in. I want Him to lead and guide me. find that, wow, God's working in my life, I'm finding answers to these feelings, I'm having answers to these thoughts, I'm finding answers to these actions, I'm finding answers to the problems in the world, I'm finding the resolution, the answer, the truth that God offers us, I'm finding it, yay, and, but wait, there's more. And God is working through my life. And now all of a sudden, people in my life are being benefited from what God is giving me. I'm being used in the life of other people. That's what you'll be able to say if you just simply say, I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to lead and guide my life. Does that make sense? Are you awake? Come on. The ones who are awake are like, yes, stop clapping at me. Stop it. I'm listening, okay? Quit it. Chill. the decision this morning of will you start or continue to just trust the Lord to lead and direct your life. To lead and guide you. Or, will you do it? Practically, here's how it looks. The Word of God leads and guides our lives. You learn the Bible. You read the Bible. It gives you principles. It gives you specifics. It gives you instructions. It gives you the whole counsel of God. It gives you the will of God. It gives you the purposes of God. It gives you the promises of God. It gives you everything that you need to understand how to live a life for God. You need to start reading your Bible because it is the answer. But it also gives you the spirit of God. And as we've said, it gives you peace or it gives you grief. You know that as you're pursuing this, you have these things that you wonder, like, should I be on this sports team? Sometimes the answer is, who cares? Whatever. Go for it. Sometimes you shouldn't pursue that thing. You should not go do that thing or be participating in that thing. And if you're willing to listen and trust God, and you say, God, is this the thing I should do? He will make it clear. Mm, I don't have peace about that. I just can't. Ah, it's not right. Sometimes he'll just have peace. Yeah, well, I know. I'm supposed to do this. I should do that. I can do that. Does that make sense? He gives you his will. He gives you his spirit. And he also gives you the Bible of Christ and the spiritual authority in your life. So your parents, your pastors, the friends, the leaders in here, he gives you people who can give you insight, who can give you wisdom, who can give you what the Bible says. and can give you their testimony, their experience. They'll help you understand, maybe the Holy Spirit isn't leading me here. Maybe He is leading me here. And then the circumstances of your life. They're used by God's Spirit to lead you and guide you into truth. For example, I'm probably not going to Zambia today. Probably. God, should I should I buy a Lamborghini? Probably not. Well, why not? Because it's literally impossible. It right? Some things just. Just take the bus. Just <laughs> take the bus. Yeah. Right? Okay, so here's the answer. If you want, you know, you don't have a decision. You're going to follow the Lord, you're going to follow yourself. The answer is you draw close to the Wild, you wait on Him leading guide you, and I want to give you a quick testimony, and then I want to let you share some testimony, okay? It seems like I've been sharing testimony the whole time, but this one's really exciting. Okay, so I'm at First Bible Baptists Youth Group uh, Church Camp, and uh, they asked me to preach four messages, and so I was preparing to preach these four messages, and to prepare messages sometimes is really simple and fluid and it seems like an easy process and then other times it's kind of difficult and in fact like I'm wrestling hard with it and this was one of those situations where I felt like man God, what am I supposed to say like please lead and guide me I don't know what I'm supposed to say what I'm supposed to study and so I worked through it and I wrestled through it and then I, I feel like I, I'm prepared so I go to the camp and they say Jeff you're in the cabin with Josh Bennett it's the other he's the high school leader at that church and we gave you the tough cabin got the kids who are less interested I'm like all right, cool right? praise the Lord whatever just like all these kids in midtown so whatever it doesn't even matter just kidding so anyways I'm like okay, cool sounds great so I'm in the cabin with them and I'm getting to know them and I'm like, okay, well, these kids are a little bit disinterested in what we got going on so we'll just hang out, it'll be a good time, whatever. So then I preach the first message. I'm like, ah, oh, got that one off my shoulders. Praise the Lord. 25% through. And we have cabin time. And the, the boys in my cabin are just squirrely. They, I couldn't even, I do not even know if they were listening to the message. I'm like, okay, whatever. Second day, preach a message, cabin time, nothing. And me and Josh are trying hard. We're like asking questions. We're like, come on guys, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think? Most of the guys are just like, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. whatever. Third night, they spray, bug spray on themselves. They all have an allergic reaction. And then they're all asleep because they all take Vinodril. And they're on the back row, my cabin, in the back row. I'm like, dude, Lord, <sighs> what? Come on. And none of the other kids were sharing like what God was doing. There was no response. After three messages, I got to thinking, God, did I get the wrong message? Like, did I miss something? What's going on? What are you doing? There's no salvations. There's 70 kids here or whatever. No, no salvations. And I had heard that like 10 of them weren't saved. I asked one kid at one point, I said, Hey, sir, so have you ever been saved? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. We just kept playing ping pong. I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> well, i do it here, you know. Okay, so we're praying. And throughout the week, I tell Kylie, there's this kid, Naz, and he's super cool. He's really cool. He's got permed out hair, it's really long, you know the hair, so I don't know what it's called, but we're, it's, it's like Jose's, it's real long, hands over your face. Okay, this kid's cool, and he's a far better athlete than all the other kids there. I mean, he's just hooping, I mean, he's a really cool kid. And he's pretty nice, too, but just not interested in what we're doing, seemed like. I was like, okay, whatever, like, I'll glad to play basketball with him and that kind of thing no problem and then he brought his cousin Angelo who was equally disinterested wouldn't participate in small groups so I tell Kyle I'm like Naz is saved I said can you pray for Naz that he would be broken hearted over his cousin because his cousin is not saved he's the ping pong kid who just said no I'm not saved and then God would you I'm praying that God would save Angelo like, Kyla, will you pray for that? So she prays for him. And Josh Bennett is praying for that specific thing, for those boys. So the last message, I'm preaching the message, and I load it all out there. I'm like, God, you got to do this. you got to do the work in these kids' lives. I- I've said everything I've said. I've done everything I can do. It's all in your hands. They do an altar call. And all the counselors, the leaders, we all go to the back. And Naz's dad, Naz, the cool kid, whose cousin is Angelo, his dad is one of the middle school leaders. And so, I go back there and I'm close by his dad. And I look. Naz leans over to Angelo during the altar call and, like, asks him a question. And it's not like it distracted, like I'm trying to get away with saying something. Because everyone is praying. There's people beginning to move forward to answer the altar call to go forward and pray. And I'm like, I think Naz may have just asked Angelo about like going and praying. So I go to his dad. I think, I think, I think he's talking to Angelo. I'm thinking the, the prayer has, has been answered. Yes, we got it, you know. And his dad goes, maybe we should go ask him to pray. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Why didn't I think that? <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. So I go up and I i bend over and I say, Hey, do you guys want to go pray? And Naz stands up immediately he's like, Yeah, I do. I'm like, what? And Angela kind of awkwardly is like, Uh, not really knowing what that means. He's like, I guess, sure, whatever. And Naz gets him to get up. And so it's a little awkward. I'm like, yes, we'll go down front. And Naz is like, no. Not going down front. No. I'm like, okay well you lead the way you tell us where we're going so we go to a picnic table that's outside of the sanctuary area and we sit down and I sit across from both of them and Naz begins to weep the cool kid very cool weeping I said Naz what's going on bro you okay what's up it's like it's just hard to wait for Angelo to get saved. I'm oh like Yes. That's it right there. This kid just saw the kingdom of God. He saw the value of the soul. He understood that he would be separated from his cousin for eternity. And that broke him. I kind of thought, man, I just really hope the kids in Midtown can get that. That they're willing to weep souls to be broken for the person next to them so I said Angela I'm like so we're not trying to manipulate you we don't want you to feel pressured into some like thing but what do you think what do you think about what you've seen here he cares about you and it's a very personal situation for you but he cares Angela goes I'm just not emotional But I want to get saved. And I was just I was it was like that was it. We made it. Got it. God answered the prayer. So Angelo accepts Christ. He gets saved. And Nazar is right there next to him. And he gets to be part of leading his cousin to the Lord. Naz got a taste, a glimpse of the kingdom of God, of God working in and through him. And it happened on the last night. And that whole week, I'm just exhausted with my like, God. Why aren't you moving? Why aren't you speaking? Why aren't you working? Why isn't it happening? God, where are you at? And here's what I learned. God, wait on him. Be patient. Let me do this. Be close to me to me say what I say right. and then that happened I'm getting out of way I'm waiting I want to do that I want to be part of that I want to see that and so do you right so what I want to do is we have about 15 minutes I would like to shift gears a bit okay you guys are quiet you're locked in you're awake. But I want you to, I want you to participate here. And, and if you can think of times where God has led you, where He's guided you through a situation, through a decision, through uh, um, some time, some trial, some whatever thing in your life where you're like, yeah, God led me here. Or maybe you wonder... I think God may have led me through this situation and I just didn't know it, but I think God led me through here. Or if you have questions, like, so does the Holy Spirit blah, 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 or blah, 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 or what does this look like? This is a time where we're just going to hang out and we're going to talk about it. Now, the counselors, uh, a lot of them are prepared to share testimony a time that the Holy Spirit led and guided them. And uh, so, if you're not ready with questions, they can fire off some more testimony, but what, what times can you think of where the Holy Spirit led you? Maybe younger kids, or maybe older kids can be listening right now. What would a teenager to hear from the Bible being Has He led you? Questions that you have about Him? I need you to just be real bold and let it rip. can sit down if that makes you feel less awkward what do you think